feet to generate positive momentum going into the offseason. And that's all the time we have. Thank you very much for listening to the Daily Sports Report here on 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Nick Hornberg. Have a great week, everybody, and go blue. WCBN, student-run radio voice of the University of Michigan, licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan to serve in the public interest of the people of the state of Michigan. For when the famous explorer Filter Antoine LaRue wandered into the swamps that were to become Ann Arbor, he had but one goal in mind, a radio station that would rise above all others, reach to the heavens, and enlighten mankind forever. So if you're loyal to Michigan, tune us in. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 in Michigan. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good evening. It's uh, 6.30 in the evening. My name is Arwolf Arwolf. I'm filling in for Mike Perini. Yes, I'm here 30 minutes early. A 90-minute offering tonight, completely coordinated with recordings made in years ending with the numeral 8. To celebrate... That rhymed. To celebrate the end of the year 2018. This is the ninth and final installment in a ridiculously protracted and heavily researched series of programs. I'm happy to say that for this portion of the evening's broadcast... I'm going to focus on um, uh, food and culture, which is what Pandora's Lunchbox is all about. And it's always a pleasure to fill in for Mike Perini in this manner. As is my preferred practice, I'm going to begin with dessert. Is that all right? Even if it's not all right, that's what I'm going to do. Before we hear Slim and Slam sing about Tootie Fruity, I'm going to discuss Tutti Fruity with you. This is from uh, Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia online. Uh, Tutti Fruity from uh, the Italian Tutti e Fruity, all fruits, is a colorful confectionery containing various chopped and usually candied fruits or an artificial or natural flavoring simulating the combined flavor of many different fruits. It is most notable in Western countries outside of Italy in the form of ice cream. Fruits used for Tutti Frutti ice cream include cherries, raisins, and pineapple, often augmented with nuts. In the Netherlands, Tutti Frutti is a compote of dried fruits served as a dessert or a side dish. In Belgium, it's often seen as a dessert, typically containing a combination of raisins, currants, apricots, prunes, dates, and figs. Oh, that has my vote. As much as I like nuts and all these dried fruits, I'm starting to get a little misty-eyed. Um, in the United States, Tutti Frutti can also refer to fruits soaked in brandy or other spirits or even to fruit fermented in a liquid containing sugar and yeast. In Indian English, that's East India, uh, tutti frutti usually refers to candied raw papaya. These are often in small uh, cubical pieces, brightly colored, the most common color being red. Also occurs in green and yellow. These are used in various bakery products, uh, including cakes, milk breads, cookies, dilkush, dil and buns. 
Tutti Frutti is also used in cold desserts as topping for ice cream and sundaes. They're also used in sweet pans, that's P-A-A-N-S, and sangeet, or paper masala. But on to the, uh, the central manifestation of Tutti Frutti in our culture. Tutti Frutti ice cream has been served for at least 150 years. It appeared on the bill of fare for a, a dinner in England in 1860. This is heavily researched. Recipes for Tutti Frutti ice cream were found in cookbooks of the late 19th century. A Tutti Frutti ice cream recipe was included in the 1874 cookbook Common Sense in the Household, a manual of practical housewifery. That's in italics. This recipe calls for actual Tutti Frutti and is not fancifully named. Of course, after that list of everything that Tutti Frutti could constitute, uh, the word actual uh, puzzles me. The Chicago Herald Cooking School um, also has uh, a Tutti Frutti ice cream recipe. I guess the Chicago Herald's Cooking School is a uh, was a column, right? Or a book. In 1888, one of the first gum flavors, that's chewing gum, to be sold in a vending machine created by the Adams New York Gum Company was Tutti Frutti. Many restaurant menus uh, circa 1900 in the collection of the New York Public Library also list this variety of ice cream. At least one early 20th century American cookbook contains a suggestion that Tutti Frutti ice cream was popular in America. I don't know why we we need uh, cookbooks to prove that, uh, but there it is. The Italian cookbook, that's in italics, contains a recipe for Tutti Frutti ice and says, this is not the Tutti Frutti ice cream as is known in America, unquote. A 1928 cookbook, 700 Sandwiches by Florence A. Cowles, published in Boston, includes a recipe for a tutti-frutti sandwich with a spread made of whipped cream, dates, raisins, figs, walnuts, and sugar. Excuse me, I, I have to repeat the word sugar with the proper emphasis. I'll get away from the microphone. Sugar! Here we are, sugar. <clears throat> now that I've said it, here's Slim Gaylord and Slam Stewart, Slim and Slam, singing about Tutti Frutti. Good evening. Nah, I don't want vanilla. I don't want chocolate. Bring me some of that good Tutti Frutti. Tutti Frutti Frutti. one for me.
if I can't get in, no one better not never come out. Red beans and rice, morning, noon, and night. Red beans and rice, morning, noon, and night. I can't keep on working with only beans and rice.
that was invigorating. It's particularly pleasant to have the record skip and then to have a an adjustment in pitch as I rested the tip of my index finger and fingernail on the surface of the record. That's the effect that you were hearing. That's how it was generated. And we did work our way through that skip. The recording itself made... 110 years ago, in 1908, by Arthur Pryor's band, P-R-Y-O-R, Pryor. Sort of like Richard Pryor, only much earlier and much different. Arthur Pryor was the the co-leader and star soloist of the, uh, and arranger, for John Philip Sousa's band. Sousa himself detested making records. He hated to make records. And so Arthur Pryor was often leading the band when it was recording as Sousa's band. But there was a whole whole gang of recordings that came out as Pryor's band. Yes, Arthur Pryor's band. And this was the, you may recognize, Teddy Bear's Picnic. Arthur Pryor, um, most notably, when he was young, he uh, he grew up in a rural setting in, in the middle of uh, the United States. And his, uh, I'm not sure how this worked, but he got, uh, his embouchure was uh, permanently fixed uh, one way or another, by uh, being kicked in the face by an ox when he was young. Isn't that nice? Don't try this. Uh, aspiring trombonists, just forget that I even mentioned this. Anyway, before the teddy bear's picnic from Arthur Pryor's band in 1908, a rash of recordings from 1928, the Brown Jug Blues, a phenomenally silly recording, by Ezra Buzzington's Rustic Revelers, and Red Beans and Rice, uh, sort of a complaining about having nothing else to eat except Red Beans and Rice. Alberta Jones, backed by Horsey's Hot Five. Yes. And Good Gordon Gin, sounded like they may have actually had some of that in the studio at that time. Tampa Red's Hokum Jug Band, with uh, vocal by Frankie Halfpint Jackson. All of those from 1928. And the uh, this little half hour of programming opened with, well, it opened with me discussing the unnatural history of the term tutti frutti. Um, but recordings from 1938, Tappan the Commodore Till from tenor saxophonist Bud Freeman and his gang, a bunch of uh, louts from Chicago, Mama Don't Want No Peas and Rice and Coconut Oil, sung by Jimmy Rushing, with Count Basie and his orchestra, and Tutti Frutti from Slim and Slam. That's Slim Gaylord and the bassist Slam Stewart, who did get a chance to uh, show off his remarkable vocal technique, singing along a little bit higher than the uh, instrument itself. So this has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm our Wolf. I'm filling in for Mike, and it's always a pleasure. We will plow forward now with Face the Music on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I would like to um, just stick with 1908. 1908, 
a fascinating year for uh, ragtime-inflected music. We do not know who this musician was. He's listed as an unidentified banjoist. And the name of the piece is Bill Simons. I don't know who Bill Simons was. Apparently that was not the name of the musician, but maybe it was, and they just never figured that out. Anyway, this will lead into a recording from 1918, and then we'll follow the 8s through 1928, 38, and 48. It's time to face the music. So let's go. Thank you. 